Welcome to the Savage Leader Podcast, where I interview leaders from all walks of life so that you can walk away with tips to apply to your life and your career. But this isn't your traditional leadership podcast, because I believe that leadership tips come from successful entrepreneurs and business executives, of course, but they also come from unexpected places, like from Navy SEALs, successful professional athletes, sports coaches, musicians, entertainers, and more. So let's dive right in to today's episode. My hope is you walk away with something tangible that you can apply immediately to your life and your career. Today's guest on the Savage Leader podcast is Sabrina Ellison. Sabrina is the director entertainment teams for the Golden State Warriors. Sabrina, thanks for coming on today. Oh, thanks, Darren. I'm totally honored to be on today with you. So Sabrina, talk to me about your role as the director of entertainment teams for the Warriors. What exactly is that? Yeah, great question. Um, Honestly, it's evolved in the 10 seasons that I've been with the Golden State Warriors. I started out um, overseeing two dance teams, our junior jam squad, and then our traditional all-female Warriors dance team. And um, really about five years ago, the Warriors are always about growing, being leaders in this space, and they really value their dance teams, which is great for me because I love all things dance team. And so they tasked me to really kind of create a performance umbrella uh, of dance teams. And so about five seasons ago, that two dance team became three. We brought on the GS Breakers. And then two seasons after that, we brought on our senior dance team, the Hardwood Classics, which they are amazing and such a joy to work with. And then about two seasons ago, we brought in a collaboration for our female squad and and kind of pivoted and realized that the pro sports industry has changed. And we brought in male hip hop dancers as well. And so we have five performance teams and really it's overseeing those programs um, in in different ways. So you're overseeing the hundreds of dancers in terms of their brand. And what does that mean? Defining these dance teams and how they're unique and how they should be engaging our fan base. Like our Hardwood Classics, when they hit the, the court, it's it's all about joy, fun, upbeat. Um, they, they do movements like the worm. Um, they do like one of our oldest dancers, she's 80 years old, she go, can go into the splits. And so for them, they're like this joyful, motivation, motivating piece that reminds you that you can do anything at any age. Um, you have our youth dancers, which are adorable, and they are amazing performers. And then um, you have breakers who are spinning on their head. And then you have guy hip hop dancers that are really intricate and into musicality. And then you have our traditional dance team, which they are like the face of the performance squad. They're at 200 appearances a year. And they do such a different variety of dance styles from novelty to hip hop. And really, it's about getting those dancers to really engage our, our fan base not just like on the court, but off the court. So when I'm talking about brand, it's how am I working with our PR and um, social media teams and marketing team to use what the bigger organization wants in terms of their voice and aligning with that and and being able to use our platform um, to be an extension of that voice. So when it's, we have Black History Month coming up, using our dancers to talk about about that from our lens, um, that, you can't be colorblind. That all other all colors, shades. You got to um, love and appreciate all that, and I love that the Warriors allows us to use our brand to use our voice 
And then there's that mentorship piece, like inspiring dancers to be pushed past their levels. And sometimes they come to the program and they don't even realize what they're capable of. And that's kind of where that magic comes from when you see our teams cheering each other on, dancing at the highest level and really performing with their hearts and souls. That's my favorite part is really the training, the mentorship piece, helping them learn and grow on the court, but off the court as ambassadors. Like I said, they do 200 appearances a year. And so bringing in our PR team to help them with their interview skills, um, bringing in our community relations team to talk about the importance of their role in the community when they're reading to kids um, and being ambassadors for the Warriors. And then, of course, you have the business side, bringing in revenue, um, budgets and forecasting. And then um, my favorite part, again, is going back to the creativity of of creating performances and not just normal standard pro dance team style performances, but thinking about what's happening in the, in the month. If it's black history month, then making sure the piece makes sense to the month and the game that we're, we're doing in terms of what's being promoted at a game. And so that's music, lighting, working with choreographers and collaborating with our squads to make sure that we're doing performances that really engage our fan base. Yeah, as a fan who's gone to many NBA games, I just assume it's just you show up and this all this stuff happens. These five different teams, this world-class in-game experience. So uh, it's just remarkable how much actually happens from interviewing skills and other revenue opportunities. And I think there's a lot of misconceptions about dance teams in particular. So what's what are a few of those? I know you've obviously been in this business for a long time, but what are some misconceptions that fans of the NBA or the NFL have about dance teams? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I love that you hit on that. Um, really that these performers are just doing it for the glitz and the glam or to meet a player, um, that they're not real athletes. And that could be, that is so far from the truth. These dancers, whether they're on Junior Jam, Hard Classics, a breaker, or on our traditional Warriors dance team, they work hard. They put a lot of sweat and time into every single routine. One minute routine takes about 10 to 12 hours of practice to really nail, execute, and feel confident going out into that court or right now doing virtual videos um, to engage our fan base. So it takes a lot of time and you can't just practice your skill of dance. You need to be an athlete. You need to be fueling your body with healthy foods. You need to be working out because there's no way you can be dancing at that high level if you don't have the cardio um, that you need to perform at that that elite level. So how did you actually get into dancing and pro dance in particular? Oh, man. So I honestly, I come from a Filipino-Pakistani background and um, those cultures, dance, entertainment, music, um, you know, is really kind of ingrained in both those cultures. And so I never actually took formal training. I just learned my passion for loving dance through just going to family parties. Um, and then when I was in high school, there was a dance team audition and I was like, why not? I'm just going to go for it. Um, and one of my best friends at the time and, and had always been taking dance classes. So she was, I was like, I need you to teach me. I don't know what a double turn is. I don't know what a kick is. And we would just be in the middle of the street practicing her teaching me all these technical dance skills so that I can try out for the team. And then from there, literally my love for dance and dance teams sparked. There's something that um, I think the world should know is that you're the actual lucky charm between a lot of the successes of sports teams. So having cheered for the Seattle Seahawks when they went to the Super Bowl for the first time in a long, maybe the first time ever, 
Oklahoma Thunder, I think, also made the NBA Finals. And of course, the three-time recent champion Golden State Warriors. So what's your secret in terms of getting these teams over the top? Oh, that's so nice of you to think that I'm the lucky charm. Um, Maybe I just luckily moved into those spaces at the same time. I I don't know. I I think it's... um, (laughs) It's really just being with organizations that have that forward thinking mindset of like wanting to be bigger than just a pro sports franchise. And and lucky enough that there was that alignment, maybe in my personality or something that they saw in me that was aligned with how the brand was headed with their dance teams. I definitely feel like it really meshed well with the Warriors. I think I really came into my own when I um, came onto the Golden State Warriors. And luckily that um, led to you know, being part of three championships. Um, but I don't know, a little bit of luck and right timing, maybe being with the Seahawks and then the Thunder and then definitely with the Warriors. So I'd love to switch gears a little bit. As, as you know, this podcast is about leadership. And I think there's so much that can be gleaned from your experience, both in terms of coaching the dance teams, but also I think for just from the mindset of dancers and performers. So I know I work with a lot of people who get nervous to get a little bit anxious before a big presentation or public speaking or just even engaging their team, negotiating new salary, talking to customers. What kind of mindset work do you do with the girls in terms of and the guys as well in terms of getting them ready to really perform? That light goes on and they have to hit it. They have to be perfect. Yeah, I think there's like I said, I think um, there's a couple things that go into it. I think it's as a coach and as a leader, it's laying that foundation and letting them know, like, here's the expectations and we're going to be here to guide you and coach you and make sure you don't fall at all. Like we are not going to put you out there until we know we've all put in the work to perfect this one minute routine so that you feel like you are set up for success. Right? So it's that piece of like trust that you have between that coach and performer that they know you got their back. And then It's also laying a foundation, I think, why our teams have been so successful, no matter which the squad, the breakers, the hardwood classics, is because it's that foundation of making sure that everyone knows that they matter. I think that's important Um, and that they bring something unique to this experience and to the team and that they have each other to lean on. So lean on one another for each other's weaknesses and strengths. So if you some need someone is um, weak in one area, help lift them up. And if you're strong in another area, give them that guidance. And because we really create like a family atmosphere for them, I think everyone feels safe to work hard and not mess up. And that kind of creates this level of knowing that it's okay. It's okay to work hard. It's okay that everyone behind them really is cheering and rooting them on. And so when you lay that foundation of like, it's a team and we're in it together. And then you put layer that in with all the hours that you expect to perfect a routine. And you're making sure that everyone's leveling up and that you're not walking away from rehearsal and putting anything on that court until everyone feels confident that it's going to be nailed. And so I think that allows people to know like mentally, like they got it, they're locked in because they have people supporting them and in their corner but at the same time, they've put in the work to make sure that when they go out there, they're going to be successful. Yeah, so many great points that I think is just common of leaders, whether you're you're leading dance teams or you're leading organizations, is you get you have their back, you they help them lean on each other, you're just there for them all the time. I think that's just a tremendous demonstration of great leadership. What are some 
some other things. Obviously, there's so much pressure. You're in front of a live audience, thousands of people, probably millions of people, especially during the NBA finals. How do you get the teams ready to be on camera? There's essentially no safety net. Maybe the editors can do some great job with the producers, but how do you get them ready from a mindset perspective? Because I think about people in front of large audiences as a business leader and some tips that you know they can learn from your experiences in leading dance teams. Yeah, I think we we have we live and die by growth mindset. Like that's literally the term that we use going into practices, going into the games. And I think that part of that is is allowing them to know that it is a live show and things are going to happen, right? And so um, it's a foundation of like, hey, we want to work so hard and be out there and be confident because one, we want to post that video and show everyone all the hours that we put into that one minute routine. So there's always that like idea. It's like each of them are like, I have your back because we want to make sure this thing gets posted and goes out to the world to show all all that we've been doing. But I I think part of it also is just um, letting people know it's okay to make mistakes. And I think by not having that added pressure that allows them to also go into that space knowing that they can go 110%. And no matter the outcome, as long as they go in fully present and like leaving their hearts and souls on that court every time they perform, that even if you make a mistake, that's just part of the journey, right? Like people make mistakes. But as long as you've put in the time, you really went out there and gave it your all, that's in the end, all that matters. And so that I think helps kind of alleviate anxiety and fear. Another thing that we do a lot is just like intention setting. It's so important going into practices. We talk about like breath work, even if it's three minutes before they go into a space, like breath work, intention setting, like what is your goal going into that rehearsal? Maybe you knew you needed to work on your facials or a section of the routine, like having that intention walking into that space so you can practice those skills before you have to do it in front of a live audience um, is something that we do. And then we pump each other up right before they go out there. Every single time we do a circle, we cross our arms and uh, we throw the baton down. So every dancer gets an opportunity each game to be that main speaker, to kind of remind everybody that they're in it together, um, how they're blessed and what a beautiful opportunity it is. And so we kind of cheer each other on, um, do a little bit, of um, prayer meditation, and then they're off and running. And so I think that also helps set the vibe before they go out and perform. I think that's beautiful just in terms of the meditation. I think just different things work for different people, whether it's as simple as just a pause or a breath or a meditation or a short prayer. But also I love the gratitude. So gratitude, being gracious for this moment, this opportunity, because I imagine these careers are not that long it's a few years perhaps and that it's important to have that gratitude for to to cheer and to dance in the nba finals which you know it's tough to get to that stage yeah exactly so something that struck me is i i think a lot about not just reps or repetitions but perfect reps and i think a lot of sports they use that you know steph curry like the perfect shot not just any old sloppy shots but like instead of ten thousand shots it's five thousand makes or whatnot so thinking about 12 hours of practice for one minute of a dance routine, that that's incredible. How do you instill that patience to work that hard for 10, 12 hours for literally one minute of content? Yeah, I think it's um, pride in your craft, honestly. And I think 
you know, when a dancer first comes into the program, there there it, it is a little overwhelming and they don't understand it until they kind of go through the process. But because I've been doing this for so long and I have veterans that are, are part of our program, it, it's, and we have visual stuff now, right? Like you, the Warriors dance team is really well known in the pro dance space as being a very high energy, polished dance team um, because they put in all that time and energy. And so I think when someone comes in and they go through the journey, but they see that end result, there's that pride in that end result that you always want to achieve at that high level, right? And so um, I think it's that belief that you set that standard in the very beginning. And it's, it's for them to push themselves and us to guide them to push themselves past their capabilities because anyone, it's like we see in them that they can achieve it. And so instilling that belief in them that if you put the hours in and you're patient with the process, that the end result is what you see, that minute routine where it's flawless, you're cheering each other on and it's so electric um, that it's undeniable that you should put in that time in the beginning to see that end result. And like, it's like no one has overnight success, right? Like, um, it's not like Steph Curry, like going back to Steph Curry, like, it's not like he just goes and shows up to games. And he's, I mean, he's amazingly talented, but he has to practice and has to be coached, um, and has to work and execute at such a high level every time that he hits the court. But there's a lot of behind the scenes that takes place for him to be able to do that in a in a game. And so that's the same kind of mentality that we have with our dance team with the Warriors. It's like you have to put in that work so that the end result is something that you're proud of and is is literally magical to watch. Yeah, hard work is obviously critical of the process and of course natural talent. You mentioned an interesting word belief and you talk about instilling beliefs in your teams, instilling that sense that they can do this that they can push themselves past places they haven't gone before and I do a lot of work with people around self-limiting beliefs, the doubts that they have. How do you work with your teams to help them overcome some of those things to get them to try, you know, a new technique or a new turn or something different than they've done before? How do you really work with your teams on a one-on-one basis to get them to push past those barriers? Yeah, I think I mean, I think it's natural to have self-limiting beliefs. I think we we all have it. We all have to kind of silence that. I, I think part of it is building confidence in our dancers. And, and so it, as, as human beings, we, we crave one to know what, what we're doing well. And I think that helps build those foundational blocks to building out a confident performer. So it, it's how you communicate with your dancers. And so it's one letting them know and praising when they're doing something really well and reminding them that they need to also cheer themselves on when they are successful, but also kind of trusting um, the leaders, whether it's a captain or a coach in the feedback that we're giving them to also level up as a performer. So it's two pronged, like building their confidence and letting them know where they're excelling and then guiding them in ways that they can improve upon, but explaining that process. Right. And so I think when you're very transparent and you're coming from a place of cheering someone on and really wanting them to succeed and really kind of giving them a, a community, a team where everyone's like that same mentality that helps a person quiet those self-limiting beliefs and go, okay, maybe I don't feel as good of a dancer, but you know what? My coach said I was good in this sec 
section and I have dance, my teammates are cheering me on. That kind of helps a dancer really kind of go and evolve into this amazing performer because they start to build confidence in who they are and start to push down those negative thoughts. Yeah, no, it's so important what you said in terms of just you're that constant reinforcement. You're giving them real-time corrective feedback. You're encouraging them. You're cheering them on because what you're talking about is really hard. I mean, this is an elite group of people who are dancers and performers. They're not just, you know, average person like me dancing on the street, <laughs> but uh, definitely high-level performers that I need that coaching and that feedback. <laughs> sorry. Impressive, sorry, right? Sorry. <laughs> so something you mentioned at the outset that I don't know if people picked up on, but the challenges that you're facing in terms of leading choreography and teams in a virtual environment. So how do you go about choreographing a team of people that have to come together and put on a show, but you're not physically in the same space? Oh, Darren, it was a hard pivot, um, but definitely have learned a lot in just a month's time. You know, you go through it and you learn. So I think um, in the beginning, we were trying to run rehearsal like we would normally do it in a live setting at practice. And so you learned, okay, that doesn't necessarily work because the music is completely different. Even if you're playing the music, like everyone's um, internet is on different like speeds. And so some people, they're just not dancing in unison whatsoever. And so I think you just have to be creative and look at the situation and go, okay, how can we reach this goal in this circumstance? And so it's like pivoting and being creative in ways that's going to allow you to have that same final outcome. So I think with virtual, there's a couple things. They're not seeing each other. And so, I mean, they're seeing each other, but they're not in person with one another. So how do you still create that team camaraderie and that bond? And so, like I said, I think the foundation is the team being really locked in is the success to the end of the performance. So what we're doing in this space is creating little committees. And so we, we have empowerment committees um, talking about growth mindset. We have a committee that's like a sunshine committee and doing like fun um, virtual games to keep them, you know, working together outside of dance and getting to know each other as people. And so we set time to intentionally um create a space where they're getting to know each other as people and not just work, 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 practice, 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 because the more people on the team get to know each other, um, the better that performance and that relationship is in the end, the more they're locked into that vision of wanting to create this beautiful performance because they have each other's backs because they know each other. So that's like really something that we've been focused on in this virtual space is making sure that they have personal time with each other. No, that's, that's so important just because we don't have those serendipitous encounters. You don't have the time before and during breaks and practice and after practice. And I think that's simulating some of that quote unquote water cooler time is really important because when we get to know each other more, we care about each other more, we want to help each other more. And I imagine that just really goes a long way towards creating strong dynamics within your team. One, you said it perfectly. 100%. 100%. Yeah. So it's been a, a crazy ride, but they've been able to do it. And, and honestly, they come, we video, um, after we learn these routines virtually, we come to a one day shooting and we put them in formations and we do our final clean and they have been able to execute at a high level because like you said, there's that dynamics 
from making sure that the team is locked in personally, that they are going into the space, making sure they're prepared because they don't want to let each other down. So yeah, it's been able to, you know, be able to create some amazing video concept videos um, in this space has been truly like mind blowing a little bit, but they're doing it. Yeah, I mean, it's impressive. I think so many people can relate to the challenges of working virtual in a very dispersed environment when we're used to being able to see each other and have these serendipitous meetings and so forth. So yeah, kudos to you for creating something that's really hard. I mean, it's one thing for teams to come together and solve a business problem, getting a team of people to dance together, doing a routine, I mean, that that's impressive. Oh, thanks, Darren. No, I mean, they're, I'm just laying the foundation. They're, they're putting in the work and, and I feel really blessed to work with such talented people. Ultimately, it's like the people matter. And if they're, they, they believe in themselves and they believe in, in, in what you want to accomplish. Um, I mean, you can go far together as a group. Absolutely. So it, it sounds like you're not busy enough with having a full-time job with the Warriors, having a family with some little girls, but I, I hear you've got a new startup. So what's Cultivate Code all about? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think I have received so much love from the dancers um, I've been able to mentor um, on these teams. And I've also seen like hundreds of dancers literally level up and like really unlock their full potential that to me, I just felt like the dance community needed the same kind of process or experience. Just because you're not like on a pro dance team doesn't mean you shouldn't have these tools in, in your pocket as well to become the best performer, but what the Cultivate Code is really to us is not just unlocking a person's dance and performance skills, but it's really elevating these performers to grow both personally and professionally. So it's a very holistic approach. Like it's my biggest joy to really see a dancer, like it's kind of like a caterpillar going from that and like believe in themselves and push them past their limits and they become this beautiful butterfly. And it's one of the most magical things that I've seen and I've been able to have in my life with the teammates that have empowered me, the coaches that have empowered me. And it's it's giving that to not just dancers that, that make the pro space, but giving it to other dancers that are starting that journey um, and also helping mentors being able to really elevate their coaching style and really inspire and push dancers to that next level. And so why wait to the pro space when we can start the journey now? Yeah, you're such a great example of that. Someone who had successful dance career as an amateur, but also professionally, but just what a wonderful thing you've done to, to go on and have this great role with the Warriors and now as a business owner. So you're a, a testament to that in terms of what's possible. Thanks, Darren. It's been fun. Definitely a growing, growing experience um, going down that road. But I feel really lucky and blessed to have a great partner in my assistant coach, Amira. And I think together it's like you're, you're using each other's strengths and pushing each other to constantly improve. And I think having that teammate um, also makes this experience even more sweeter. So I know, I know a lot of the dancers, some of your former teammates have gone on to do great things. What is it about, about dance that really prepares people from a leadership perspective? Obviously it's performing under pressure it's all of that teamwork, all the great examples you gave. But what are some other things, some some mindsets, some behaviors, some skills that dancers uniquely develop that enable them to be successful long term outside of dancing? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think it gives you confidence. It allows you going back to that self limiting beliefs because you've 
excelled in this one aspect of your life, it allows you, even though you're going to have doubts or fears to kind of suppress them and go, hey, I've succeeded in this one space. What's going to stop me from succeeding in another aspect of my life? Um, so I think the confidence, communication skills, being comfortable to talk to different people um, because you have that ambassador role that you take on as a pro dancer. And so it allows you to be able to deal with so many people in different walks of life. And that transfers on both personally and professionally. Um, team mentality, um, realizing that, you know, things are sweeter together, that when you come together and collaborate as a collective group and bring all these minds together, you can go farther. And so I think learning all those things in pro dance and then applying them later is what has been beautiful to see a lot of people that I've danced with really level up in their life. And really that's also kind of what the um, cultivate code is, is bring those amazing mentors and bring them into this space to mentor that next generation of dancers because they've been through it and they've succeeded. And now they're giving back to help those younger dancers, you know, excel into this next space of their lives. And how does that mentorship take place? Is this a virtual community? Is this in-person? Is it one-to-one? Is it one-to-many? Like, how does the Cultivate Code work with people? Yeah, it is. A, it's a virtual community. And so um, we have like three tiers. We have... Um, uh, it's called the Unleash program. And right now this is just for dancers. Later, we're going to jump into helping coaches and mentors as well in, in the dance industry. But right now it's called the Unleash program. We have a five month intensive um, called Slay. And why we did five months is because it takes five months to even a whole year when we're working with dancers for them to use this toolbox and really see them flourish. And so we're bringing in different mentors virtually to talk about performance. Um, we have Ron Kellum, who's going to talk about their why. He was artistic um, creative director for Circus de Soleil. He was, um, he's one of the NFL Pro Bowl um, producers as well. And he has such a great backing. But other than those accolades, he's really just this amazing person that really kind of gets you out, your, uh, gets you out of your comfort zone and reminds you like, to focus on your purpose. Um, we have other mentors coming in the space to talk about um, the business mind and how do you excel off the court or off the field, um, both on and off the field and on and off the court and, and using what you learn in dance to apply it in your personal and professional life. So it's really bringing, it's not just about me and Amira mentoring them, but bringing in some great industry leaders to help these dancers level up in dance and in life. That's fantastic. I mean, mentorship is so important, whether it's informal or formal mentors you have at, at work or people you know from the community. It's such a, a gift, and that's really neat. You're providing that to, to the dance community to start, and then I'll be interested to see how far that goes. Thank you. I'm, I'm excited. We just started the journey, but I definitely am really lit up by this experience and, and excited to give you know that, that love of dance and coaching to um, other people in the dance industry. So. I'm stoked. Yeah, there's there's so many people in the world who can benefit what you do for the the limited folks that are on your team. So that's really neat that you'll be giving that to a much larger community. So where can people who are interested in the Cultivate Code, where can they find out more about the community? Yeah, um, if they go to the Cultivate Code 
um, dot com backslash join. That's our, our main page to talk about our offerings. It, it shows our mentors that are going to be um, coming into this space and, and helping us mentor the dancers that are going to be part of the program. Great. Cultivatecode.co slash join. Beautiful. And what about if there's any aspiring dancers, break dancers out there? Where can people find out more about joining the Warrior Dance Teams? Yeah, um, we have five different teams. So the junior dancers, our traditional Warriors Dance Team, our senior dance team. So if you're 55 and up and love to dance and want to perform and be hard, part of the Hardwood Classics, we have our GS Breakers and then our Blue Crew. So if you go to warriors.com backslash, wait, what is it? Is it, where am I saying? backslash, not backslash, sorry, warriors.com um, backslash dance team. It'll have all of our dance teams um, there for them to click through and figure out which team they want to join. Fantastic. Well, Sabrina, thank you so much for coming on today. I know you've got so much going on with your family and your work and now uh, this new business. So really appreciate your time. Thank you so much, Darren. It was an honor. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the Savage Leader Podcast. My hope is you are walking away with tactics that you can apply to become a better leader in your life and in your career. If you're looking for additional insight and tactics, be sure to check out my book titled The Savage Leader, 13 Principles to Become a Better Leader from the Inside Out. Also, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and I would truly appreciate it if you would leave a review and also rate the podcast. Thanks and see you all in the next episode.